Welcome back to Reliving the War and welcome to the 16th of November 1998. Tonight Raw comes from Lexington, Kentucky, while WCW Nitro takes place in Wichita, Kansas. The Survivor Series Deadly Game Tournament took place last night and we have a new WWF Champion, The Rock. We'll hear from Vince McMahon and The Rock a little later on, but as always, we'll check out Nitro's first 60 minutes before checking out Raw. This week's Jam Up Guy is Braun's Braun. Not only did Mr. Braun meet Bret Hart at Mississippi Comic Con, he also got his autograph and check out what Brett wrote right here, <laughs> that's amazing. Bronze Braun recited a few classic Brett lines from Reliving the War to the Hitman himself and according to Bronze, the Hitman had a good laugh. You can find Bronze Braun on YouTube by searching his username. Alright, let's do it. Reliving the War episode 160. The commentators announced the World War 3 main event at the beginning of Nitro, Bret Hart vs DDP for the US belt. We also learned that Bret's gonna face Chris Benoit tonight on Nitro. The winner of this week's World War 3 Battle Royal will go on to face the world champ at Starcade next month, so the stakes are high this Sunday on pay-per-view. Another World War 3 match that gets announced is Scott Hall vs Kevin Nash. We see two limos arriving at the arena with a lot of security, so Wood from the Hood hasn't given up his presidential campaign just yet it seems. We'll hear from Hollywood a little later on. We have a cruiserweight title match to kick off the action, it's champion Billy Kidman defending against Juventud Guerrera. Kidman pulled off the set out spinebuster early, Hoovy then took a body slam, the vaulting leg drop and a deadly chin lock before answering with a hurricane rana, and Guerrera then pulled off his lightning fast head scissor takedown. After going over the top rope and landing on the apron, Hoovy hit Kidman with a diving crossbody but he only scored a 2. The crowd began a Hoovy sucks chant as Kidman performs a drop kick that knocked Guerrera out of the ring, the champ pulls off a plancha before bringing it back inside the ropes, and there's a chin lock from Billy Kidman, match of the year candidate right here folks. It goes back to the outside where Hoovy pulls off a diving crossbody from the top rope. Back in the ring, Hoovy hits Kidman with a springboard leg drop and Kidman then tries a wheelbarrow suplex but it gets countered with a bulldog. Billy's able to hit his face buster counter before nailing the challenger with a German suplex. He goes for one more suplex but Guerrero lands on his feet and we see the Hoovy driver. Guerrero covers Kidman but he only gets a two. Hoovy and the fans can't believe it. Kidman finds himself getting set up for a top rope hurricane rana so he hits a low blow and he delivers another set out spinebuster only to get a 2. So he goes up for the shooting star press but Guerrero pushes him off the top rope, Hoovy then delivers the 450 and we have got a new cruiserweight champion on Nitro. Kinda surprising really seeing Kidman's been on a roll and I think Hoovy already had a decent run with the belt but there you have it, a great opening match on Nitro along with a title change. Raven was scheduled to take on Raph next, but Raven refused to wrestle. He says WCW can't tell him what to do. Canyon tells Raven to snap out of it, but Raven's already made his mind up, so Canyon decides that he's gonna get in the ring to begin his match with Glacier. Chris asks everyone who better than Canyon, and Raph ends up knocking him to the mat before hitting Chris with a meltdown. Just then, Glacier's music plays in the arena, and there he is. He's back, ladies and gents, reliving the war legend. Glacier's got it easy, all he has to do is pin Canyon and it's over. Raph decides though that he's gonna hit Glacier with a meltdown too, so I guess that evens things out. Canyon and Glacier have their match after a commercial break, it's like we've hopped in a time machine right here. Highlights included this Famouser on the steel steps and Glacier's standing sidekick right here. Glacier also added a rolling back elbow to his arsenal but his Nitro comeback match wasn't a successful one. Canyon ends up winning with a flatliner, so it's back to the drawing board for old frosty balls. 
Sonny Ono then had a match against El Gringo. Yes, El Gringo. A wrestler who Sonny Ono paid off for an easy win on Nitro. El Gringo, however, revealed himself to be Kaz Hayashi and the lack of crowd response was embarrassing. Remember when Dean Malenko wore Seclopay's mask in that cruiserweight battle royal? Kaz Hayashi. Yeah, this had the opposite response. Before Kaz Gringo could get his hands on Sonny Ono, Ernest Miller ran down and Kaz got kicked in the face. Ono then won the match and the crowd didn't care at all. The mighty El Gringo was never seen again in WCW. Raw kicks off with the corporation cutting a promo. On Nitro, Horace and Stevie Ray take on Dean Malenko and Steve McMichael. Vince says a fool is someone who insists on doing things the hard way, someone who embraces middle class ethics and values, someone who doesn't pucker up and kiss their boss's ass. Vince wants to introduce someone who's no fool, a man who is never the people's champion, he's always been McMahon's champion, the corporate champion, and that man is The Rock. Rocky makes his way down to the ring and we hear that old familiar chant of Rocky sucks but the corporate champ seems to enjoy it. Rock embraces McMahon in the middle of the ring as the crowd boos. Rock says his phone hasn't stopped ringing with people asking him why did he sell out. But the Rock didn't sell out, the Rock got ahead. Rock says the people work their asses off day after day for minimum wage. So the Rock did what he had to do to climb the ladder and stand in the middle of the corporate ring as the new WWF champion. The people are no different from Steve Austin. So the people in Austin can have their morality, they can have their honesty, they can have their blood, sweat and tears and after all that hard work, 50 cents won't buy them a cup of coffee. Rock then brings us back to his first ever nation promo when he reminds the fans about the die Rocky die chance and the Rocky sucks chance. Rock says he never forgot about that and he'll make sure the fans don't forget it either. The champ plans on raising the corporate eyebrow, he's gonna plant his opponents with the rock bottom and he'll finish the job by dropping the corporate elbow. Shane McMahon says he likes kissing his boss's ass, that being Vince's ass, and Rock says Vince can definitely smell what the Rock's cooking. Mr McMahon then wanted to show fans how this master plan came to be via some video footage on the Titantron, but Stone Cold Steve Austin appears instead and he's heading to the arena. Vince demands that the feed gets cut and then we see what happened over the past few weeks. From Shano rehiring Austin to Rock pretending to be hurt last week. We also see Shane screwing Austin in Survivor Series and Stone Cold then decides to head to the ring. He shows absolutely no fear by stepping inside the ropes with the whole corporation. Austin says The Rock's a sorry sellout son of a bitch and the crowd give him a hell yeah. Mr McMahon says that Austin can't lay a hand on him unless provoked due to the contract he signed, but Stone Cold wants to talk about something else that was in that contract. Two weeks ago Shane said that Stone Cold would get a title shot the night after Survivor Series and Vince says that that was overruled on the same night, it no longer stands. Well, Austin pulls out his contract and he says it's legally binding, Austin has a title shot tonight and there's not and Vince can do about it. Vince disagrees, so Judge Mills Lane appears on the Titantron and he confirms the clause still stands. Stone Cold Steve Austin's gonna face The Rock tonight on Raw and the WWF title will be on the line. Austin says oh hell yeah, he leaves the ring and he promises to beat Rock's corporate ass tonight in the main event. 
This whole thing took up 20 minutes of Raw, but it was 20 minutes well spent. A good start to the show, and now we know where everyone stands. I'm gonna admit though, after watching that open to Raw, it's a bit difficult to get excited for this Nitro tag team match. Horace tried to brawl with Dean Malengo, but as Larry Sabisco says, a good wrestler will outslick a muscle head any day. Horace takes a back suplex and he has to reach for the ropes when Dean applies a leg lock. Big Stevie McMichael gets tagged in and uh, yeah, not a successful lock up there at all, was it? McMichael gets punished in the NWO corner, but he's able to hit Stevie with a back elbow and a falling slam before tagging the Iceman back. In. Dean goes for the cloverleaf, but he gets poked in the eye instead. Again, the NWO launch an attack in the corner before Horace comes back in. Malenko takes a suplex, Horace takes Malenko's leg lariat. McMichael comes back in to clean house, but he forgot about Vincent standing on the outside. So, the enforcer Arn Anderson runs over and he attacks Vincent. Back in the ring though, McMichael gets hit with Stevie's slapjack and the match ends when Arn Anderson hits everyone with a tar iron. Arn with an iron. Arn, Arn with an iron. Yeah, the horsemen get DQ'd. Nitro moves on. By the way, I want to say hi to my one little fan out there. Hello, Smokey, my cat. We have another DX vs Oddity 6 man tag next on Raw plus a Ken Shamrock promo. On Nitro, Ric Flair gets interviewed. There's no Road Dog Ladies and Gentlemen promo this week, so sorry about that. Brett and Smokey were equally disappointed. There was once a time when Big Kurgan was absolutely untouchable, and now the Road Dog's hitting him with the dancey knee. Oh, how times have changed. It's a very short match here, unfortunately, and X Pac doesn't even get in the ring. Golga and Kurgan work together to keep Road Dog on the mat, and Mr. James takes a belly bounce from the former earthquake. A missed elbow drop gives Road Dog a chance to tag in Billy Gunn, and we see Billy's Famouser just before the match ends. The cameras totally miss the finish, but we see what happened during a replay. Shaggy 2 Dope went for an elbow drop even though he wasn't involved in the match. Shaggy accidentally hits Golga, and Billy Gunn wins via pinfall. The issues continue then between the ICP and the oddities. It also feels like DX are just waiting for Triple H to get healthy again because they haven't done anything very meaningful in quite some time. The headbangers attack the road dog after the match. They run away before Billy Gunn and X-Pac can catch up, so it appears the headbangers vs outlaws feud is gonna continue on. During the match, Mankind was seen escaping the boiler room and Vince McMahon wants someone to go talk to him. Everyone looks to Pat Patterson, so Pat leaves the room while McMahon reminds him that Mick Foley is gullible. Shamrock's promo was also pretty short. He marches to the ring and he says he's not happy with what happened at Survivor Series. Ken says the big boss man screwed him twice, once on Raw and again at the pay-per-view, so Ken challenges boss man to a fight tonight on Raw. To sweeten the deal, Shamrock will put his IC title on the line. On Nitro, Ric Flair says Arn Anderson's on his way to jail right now, courtesy of Mr. No Guts, Mr. No Nads, Mr. No Manhood, and Mr. Abusive Power, Eric Bischoff. Flair says he's gonna go and get Anderson out of jail in just a moment, but right now, Rick wants to talk about tradition. Tradition's the difference between Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff, and if Eric was a man, he would fight Flair to resolve their issues. Rick says he would chop Bischoff so hard that he'd have four nipples, two on the front and two on the back, but because Bischoff isn't a man, that's not gonna happen. So, Flair spends some money and he's brought back a former horseman, one of the greatest wrestlers alive according to Ric Flair. And it's Barry Windham. Barry's back in WCW and he's riding with the horseman once again. 
Barry says that things are as they should be. He's back with the four horsemen and he confirms he's here to stay. Bischoff then walks out and he says Flair doesn't have the authority to sign talent, only Easy e can spend Turner's money. But Flair says he spent his own money and somehow that means he can hire wrestlers for WCW? I don't know. I think they just gave up at this point. Flair then says that Barry's gonna tear up Bischoff's girlfriend Liz and Eric says that'll be the most expensive wrestling ticket anyone's ever gonna buy. Rick says that Elizabeth's going down town and that's the end of the promo. It is good seeing Barry Windham beside Ric Flair again though, even if it is a different time and a different era. Val Venus vs Mark Henry on Raw, Eddie Guerrero vs Rey Mysterio on Nitro. For the third time in as many weeks, these two stellar cruiserweights are going to square off again on TNT. The leader of the LWO makes his way to the ring, accompanied by his unnamed bodyguard. The commentators say they have no idea what this man's name is, but you and I know it's Spider. Eddie's opponent, Rey Mysterio, has refused on multiple occasions to join Eddie's faction, but that doesn't stop Guerrero from making one last plea to Rey. He says that he wants Mysterio in the LWO so badly that he'll make him a deal. If Eddie wins, Rey joins the group. If Eddie loses, he'll leave Rey be. I don't know about you, but I feel that shenanigans are afoot here tonight in Wichita. Eddie takes the early advantage with some mat-based offense, but a monkey flip, a springboard hurricane runner, and a tilt-the-world backbreaker causes Eddie to retreat to the referee. Eddie then rolls to the outside to regroup along with his bodyguard. Ray's able to keep Guerrero grounded before hitting that always impressive backflip DDT, but he only gets a two from it. A slight communication error leads to a rather sloppy looking twisting cannonball off the top by Ray. Eddie seemed to be a little out of position for that one. Guerrero does take control with a big flapjack, but his advantage doesn't last long as he gets backdropped out to the floor, and Ray then hits a picture-perfect Asai Moonsault. Eddie's bodyguard then trips Mysterio from the outside, and then he gets on the apron to distract the referee. Eddie hits a powerbomb, but then Juventud Guerrero makes an appearance. He attempts to attack Eddie, but Guerrero moves out of the way and the cruiserweight champ inadvertently nails Mysterio with a guillotine leg drop. Eddie then heads to the top and he hits the frog splash for the pin and the victory. Rey Mysterio Jr. now has to join the LWO as Juventud Guerrero looks on. The group put the shirt on their newest member and Rey looks completely out of it as he gets paraded around the ring. After the match, we see a clip of Judy Bagwell. We don't know the details, but apparently Scott Steiner put Buff's mom in hospital and Judy says she's still a mom on a mission. She wants to get rid of Buff and bring back Marcus Bagwell. We'll hear from Buff and Scott later on, but yeah, Scott Steiner must have broken into the Bagwell household and beat the shit out of Judy. What an animal. He's an animal! An animal! Venus vs Mark Henry then. Jim Ross announces that China's still on leave due to this lawsuit filed by Mark as the action gets underway. Venus takes a forearm, Mark Henry takes a big clothesline. On the outside, Mark's able to ram Venus into the ring apron and into the ring post. But back in the ring, Henry takes another clothesline followed by a few knees to the gut and a Russian leg sweep. The commentators are talking about Terry Runnels and the mystery surrounding her pregnancy as Mark Henry shows off his power by launching Venus into the air. And it's at this moment when China appears on the entrance Way. Mark seems happy, a little too happy maybe. He gets distracted and Val's able to roll up Mark for the pinfall victory, but Mark doesn't really seem to care. Henry says he and China's lawyers are having problems, but Mark says he wants to take China out for dinner. Big Mark wants to take China on a date and he even wrote her a poem. It goes, at Survivor Series last night, the winner was The Rock. China, let's go out for dinner and then you can jump on my trampoline I've got back at home.
Pod Patterson returns to Vince and apparently Pod couldn't find the boiler room. Vince says Pod couldn't find his own ass and Briscoe says he knows where to find it, not Patterson's ass, the boiler room. So it's Jerry Briscoe's turn to go hunting for mankind. We've got Steve Blackman and Goldust versus the Blue Blazer and Jeff Jarrett next on Raw. On Nitro, Scott Putsky takes on Chavo Guerrero. Blackman's eager to get his hands on the Blue Blazer right now. He found out that he's not the father of Terry's child by the way, so he's back to purely focusing on the task at hand, kicking ass and saving the world. Goldust and Jarrett start the action off and it's all Goldust. Double J takes a fist drop followed by a jumping clothesline before Big Stevie Cool tags in. Blackman hasn't forgotten that Jarrett tried to murder him with country music not too long ago, but he's having some bad flashbacks and Jarrett's able to floor Steve with a dropkick. Deborah smiles as Jarrett pulls off a suplex and then the blue blazer gets tagged in. The blazer thinks he's doing a good job until he takes the Steve Blackman chest chop. Goldust and Jarrett fight on the outside so we miss the Blackman torpedo. Swear to god the production staff were all over the place tonight on Raw. The blazer then takes the Mervug kick and that's it, Steve Blackman wins the match for his team. This wasn't Owen wearing the costume, Owen runs down afterwards to attack Stevie. Stevie takes the stroke from Double J and the Blue Blazer applies a dragon sleeper while Owen kicks Stevie right in the balls. This didn't hurt by the way because Steve has balls of steel but it is pro wrestling and Blackman had to sell it. So if Jared and Owen aren't trading the Blue Blazer outfit then who is it underneath that mask? Chavo was pretty pleased with his arm drag at the beginning of the Nitro match. Putsky replies with a body slam. Chavo gets a little reassurance from Pepe after taking a clothesline before launching into Putsky with a forearm shot. And then, in the middle of the match, we see an uninvited visitor arriving to Nitro. Bam Bam Bigelow's here and he takes out Doug Dillinger with ease. It's about time someone did that. Bigelow wants Goldberg. He shouts Goldberg's name as he searches the backstage area and he ends up making his way down to the ring where he attacks Putsky and Chavo. Putsky takes a powerbomb while Chavo gets launched into the top turnbuckle. Bigelow then gets a microphone and he challenges Goldberg to come down to the ring. But instead he gets Eric Bischoff, JJ Dillon and a ton of security guards. Bischoff tells Bam Bam to get out of the ring. Dillon meanwhile gets inside the ropes and he tells Bigelow that he's not a WCW employee and therefore he needs to leave right away. Bam Bam refuses, so security step in. When Bigelow still won't budge, Goldberg ends up walking down the ramp but there's way too many security guys and the men get kept apart. The crowd are going absolutely nuts here by the way, this is paying off. Bischoff's blaming all this on JJ Dillon and after a commercial break Bischoff says Dillon is fired. Dillon says Bischoff can't fire him because he quits. JJ's had enough, he's tired of Eric, he's tired of the chaos in WCW. So James J Bebe Dillon's riding off into the sunset or driving out of the parking lot as the case may be. It looks like we just lost Dillon but gained Bam Bam Bigelow on Monday Nitro. Jerry Briscoe found the boiler room, he heard weird noises, he got scared and he ran back to Vinnie Mac. Sergeant Slaughter calls Briscoe a wuss, so Vince tells Slaughter to go and talk to Mankind. After a commercial break, Slaughter says Mankind was out of control and it's gonna take a few guys to sort this problem. So Vince orders Briscoe, Patterson and Slaughter to go to the boiler room together and take out Mankind. Next on Raw we've got Steve Regal vs The Godfather and on Nitro it's Saturn vs Conan. 
The Regal versus Godfather match doesn't happen. I kind of gave that away when talking about Regal versus Goldust, but Godfather comes to the ring. He says he's a pimp and pimping ain't easy. Godfather wants to give Regal a choice. He can fight the Godfather or he can have a night with these three wildcats. Regal clearly likes what he sees, so he takes the microphone and he says he may be from England, but his name isn't Elton John, so he's gonna take these creatures and leave the ring. Old Elton John catching a stray right here, eh? What's that about? Regal leaves with the three women and Godfather says he's surprised Regal took the offer because, as Archie Bunker said, England ain't nothing but a place full of the F-slur, the same F-slur that Jerry Lawler said about Goldust. So Regal runs back down the ramp, the two have a brawl on the outside and referees have to intervene to break things up. Meanwhile, outside the arena, Kane's arrived the Raw and he's beating up technicians outside the production trucks. Looks like Kane's on another warpath tonight, surprise surprise. I can barely hear the announcers on Nitro over Saturn's vest, it's quite the look isn't it? Saturn gets on the mic and recounts the events of a few weeks ago, when he was about to beat up Eddie Guerrero but Conan came out to interrupt proceedings. Conan said that he came out to solve his people's problems but according to Saturn, K-Dog merely wanted to promote himself. Conan isn't going to plug himself on Saturn's time so he calls Conan down to settle things in the ring. Mr. Dog duly obliges and he says that he isn't going to plug Saturn, he's going to pump him. I'm just going to assume that that means something else in America. Saturn politely lets Conan get his Bowdy Bowdy promo out before jumping him from behind. He lays in the K-Dog in the corner before hitting a clothesline in the middle of the ring. The crowd then have their attention drawn away from the ring as Conan hits his rolling lariat. Turns out the crowd spotted the LWO walking down the rampway and they look to be cheering on Conan as he hits a float over Bulldog for a two count. WCW show how little they care about this match by adding yet more distractions, as we go to a split screen with Mean Gene and Eric Bischoff outside Goldberg's locker room. Gene asks Eric why he fired James J. Bebe Dillon as Saturn hits a head and arm suplex in the ring, and Bischoff says he did the right thing because JJ constantly screws things up, can't argue with him there to be fair. And then Gene asks Bischoff about this situation with Bam Bam Bigelow. Eric says that Bam Bam Bigelow, male gigolo, doesn't work for WCW and he won't be part of World War 3 this Sunday. Goldberg then appears, saying he wants to fight Bigelow and he persuades the boss to make the match happen tonight. Speaking of matches, the Saturn vs Conan match is still going on as we come back to the ring to see Saturn in a submission. Conan hits an Alabama slam out of the corner for a 2, but Saturn answers back with an exploder suplex for a near fall of his own. A fantastic looking crucifix bomb from K-Dog gets him another 2, but his top rope attack leads him to taking a dropkick. The LWO then get involved and they try to help Conan, but he doesn't want their help as they attack Saturn and the referee calls for a DQ. Conan calls off the faction but Saturn clocks him before turning his attention to the LWO members. Conan then gets on the mic, he calls Saturn back to the ring, the two continue to brawl and then they get broken up by officials to close our number 2 of Nitro. A real shame that this one didn't get the attention it deserved as both men have proven themselves to be excellent in ring competitors. Ken Shamrock vs The Big Boss Man's next on Raw, on Nitro it's the weekly Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell promo. The IC champion makes his way down to the ring as he's set to put the title on the line against the man who, in his mind, screwed him over last night at Survivor Series, The Big Boss Man. Boss Man jogs down to the ring and the fight's on. The world's most dangerous man takes the early advantage, culminating in a back elbow and a big kick to the chest. Makes you wonder about the validity of Boss Man's flak jacket. Kenny Boy looks to repay the favour from Survivor Series by hitting Boss Man with his own nightstick but the referee intervenes and Bossman takes control by sliding under the bottom rope to deliver an uppercut. 
We see a sign in the crowd that says British Bulldog WWF Bound. We can but dream, my guy. We can but dream. On the outside, Shamrock blocks getting his head bounced off the ring steps, and instead it's Bossman who tastes the steel. Back inside, Bossman gets dropped with a hook clothesline, but he's able to turn things around with a pair of splashes in the corner to the IC champ. His follow-up spinebuster only gets a two. He goes for another splash in the corner, but the challenger gets caught up in the ropes and Shamrock hits a springboard kick. The two men exchange chokeholds in the corner as the referee implores them both to stop, so both competitors punch the referee in the mouth and they continue fighting. The bell rings and we add to Raw's recent tradition of DQ finishes. Both Bossman and Shamrock continue to exchange right hands as more officials come out to break up the brawl. Eventually, Vince and Shane make their way down to the ring and Vince questions why these two continue to fight. The real Big Boss Man tells Ken that he could use someone like Shamrock. He says they are both very alike, having came from broken homes and having to scratch and claw for everything they have. Vince says he can give Ken the one thing neither of them had growing up and that's family. McMahon offers Shamrock a spot in the corporation and old Kenny boy shakes the boss's hand. Vince now has the WWF champion and the intercontinental champion under his employ. So Scott and Buff come to the ring with referee Mark Johnson who will soon become known as Slick Johnson. Looks like we have another dodgy NWO referee seeing as the other WCW officials refuse to officiate Scott Steiner matches. The two get in the ring and Buff explains that the NWO have bought their own referee. Buff wants Slick to give a proper demonstration on how you're supposed to count 1, 2, 3 and yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Fine work sir, fine work. Big Papa Pump says there's nothing finer than Scott Steiner. When he gets you between the sheets you'll know you've been with more than just a man. In the morning you'll be calling Scott Superman. Steiner then addresses the Judy Bagwell attack and yes, Buff allowed Scott to attack his mom and that's because the NWO family's a lot stronger than blood. So to return the favour, Scott's brought his mom to Nitro and Bagwell's got permission to beat her up a bit. <laughs> What's going on? Buff knocks out Mrs. Steiner before the dogface gremlin runs down and Rick confirms that this isn't Mommy Steiner, it's just some rando. Buff says if it really was Mommy Steiner he would have done the exact same thing and then Scott Norton jumps Rick, allowing Scott and Buff to run back in the ring and launch an attack. Scott tells Rick he'll end his career if he shows up at Auburn Hills this week and Johnson gets another opportunity to show off his referee skills. After the break, Kevin holds up a sign asking Elaine if she'll marry him. Sorry mate, Elaine's probably watching Raw's War right now. Kane's rampage continues on Raw. A few fans ask for an autograph and this poor bastard gets choked out by the big red machine. But Kane's forced to let go when he sees a cop car pulling up to the arena. Our next match is then Gangrel and Edge vs LOD 2000 on Raw, Bobby Duncan Jr vs Chris Jericho on Nitro. The commentators have been hyping Bobby Duncan Jr up all night, they've promised big things from this second generation superstar and he's certainly getting an early push here by getting a TV title shot against Chris Jericho. The TV champ smacks Mr Dunn come in the corner and Bobby comes back with a shoulder block. Chris catches the newcomer with a drop tool hold followed by a cross face and Bobby then gets put in a bow and arrow submission. Bobby goes down after a clothesline, Chris performs the goose step and the TV champ then pulls off a senton. 
Jericho delivers a suplex and Bobby isn't too happy with Chris's cocky pin. So Bob Duncan goes on quite the rampage. Jericho takes a clothesline from the apron before getting sent over the guardrail. Back in the ring, Duncan Jr. hits a diving clothesline but Chris is able to answer with a dropkick. Jericho then goes for the land tamer, Bobby counters it, Chris takes a dropkick and that's enough of that. Chris grabs his TV belt and he walks away from the ring. This guy isn't worthy of wrestling Chris Jericho so it's a count out victory for Bobby Duncan Jr. This finish leads to a rematch taking place at World War 3. You really have to ask yourself if this is something that you'd pay to see because WCW definitely thought you would. Over on Raw, JR once again ponders what the relationship is between the Brood and why they've chosen to join forces. You'd think he would just go up and ask him, seeing as he sees them every single week. LOD's Animal and Draws make their way to the ring, but Hawk's nowhere to be seen. Gangrel proves that vampires can fly as he gets taken up and over with a double back body drop. The Brood show off their tag team press as they isolate Draws, including a step up splash in the corner. Draws fights back with a parcel on the edge as the commentators discuss Hawk's personal demons and how they've affected his friends and family. Speak of the devil, Hawk appears on the ramp with a full head of hair and no face paint. Animal hits a powerbomb but the crowd are distracted by Hawk who begins climbing up the Titan Tron. Animal and Draws leave the ring to figure out what's going on as King asks JR if Hawk is messed up again. The bell rings and Hawks reach the top of the set. We come back from a commercial break with Animal trying to talk his partner down, with Hawk saying that he's gonna go out in a blaze of glory. The crowd don't really know what to make of this and I don't blame them either. Paul Ellering then comes out to talk to Hawk and the crowd's bewilderment has turned to outright booze. They can see this angle for what it is and even an Attitude Era crowd aren't gonna endorse this. Draws starts climbing up the Titantron and Hawk begins the protest, stating that Draws is the last person he wants to see. The two exchange words, Draws puts his hand on Hawk and Hawk loses his balance and we see his silhouette fall behind the big screen. To be honest, it definitely looked like Draws pushed him. Everyone rushes backstage as Draws is left at the top of the set and we've got JR and King doing their best to put this whole thing over. This ordeal ends with Hawk being taken away in an ambulance as Ellering, the DOA and officials look on. And I know I've said this before about this angle but there was no excuse for putting this on TV. This whole segment was the culmination of embarrassing a man who legitimately needed help. New WWF Women's Champion Sable cuts a promo next on Raw. On Nitro, future president Hollywood Hogan has something to say. It's a bit jarring moving from the Road Warrior Hawk thing to Sable, but here we are. Michael Cole says dreams come true, Sable went from being Triple H's valet to the women's champion and Sable says it's been a wild ride. Sable dedicates her title win to all the fans who made Sable who she is today and Shane McMahon takes exception to this. The Boy Wonder says there's only one person who made Sable and that was Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The investments, the posters, the magazine covers, the TV interviews, it was all thanks to Mr. McMahon. Vince was responsible for making Sable a star. Sable says she worked hard in the WWF and nobody gave her anything and Shane says yeah she worked hard alright. All women like Sable usually work hard for their achievements if you smell what Shane knows cooking. And Sable says the only thing Shane knows about real women are the ones he can buy. Sable however is not for sale. Back in the boiler room the Stooges are all geared up as they hunt for mankind. I mean they're pretty well protected and that means Mick Foley's offense doesn't look all that brutal but anyway. McMahon's associates have a hard time fighting mankind off and Mick gets the better of these three goons. I really wanted to hear from Mankind tonight after what happened in the deadly game tournament but the WWF thought that actions speak louder than words. 
On Nitro, old Wood from the Hood comes out to continue his campaign for presidency. There's a perfectly normal English sentence for you. Hogan comes out to hail to the chief, which includes the NWO soundbites, and it's a pretty hilarious visual, it has to be said. He still has to get the pyro, and he still has to show off the potential presidential pythons, brother. The confetti and the balloons fall as the American flags unfurl, and Hogan addresses his public. Hogan says this past week has been one of the greatest of his life. His family and friends couldn't believe how America embraced Hollywood, and how Hollywood is the only man who can lead this country to success. It's not just me, this is like proper mental, right? Hogan, Hogan's campaign manager Eric Bischoff's been quite busy tonight, and Hogan's worried that Eric is so distracted that he won't be able to answer all the cards, letters and phone calls surrounding Hogan's campaign. So with that in mind, Hogan has a new member of his campaign team and he introduces us all to his new intern. She's so important that he doesn't even mention her name, but it's pretty obvious that it's meant to be a shot at Monica Lewinsky, complete with a blue dress, just in case this reference was initially too subtle. She presents Hogan with a cigar before being escorted back to Hogan's office, no doubt to get acquainted with the real wood from the hood. Campaign manager Bischoff then comes down to the ring and Hogan assures him that the world title will once again be back within the camp of the NWO. Scott Hall, who I don't think's officially in Hogan's campaign team, makes his way down to the ring to say that the NWO's for life. So why is Bischoff's head not in the game? Eric says that Scott's in no position to question his loyalty, especially after everything he's done for Scott and this isn't the time nor the place. Scott then punches Eric right in the mouth, so Hogan attacks Hall. There's clearly some dissension within the ranks of the NWO and we haven't seen this before have we? Big sexy Kevin Nash comes down to make the save for his former outsider partner and as bizarre as this segment was, I actually quite enjoyed it. It's a nice change of pace seeing Hogan as this unaware goof, coupled with the intrigue of the NWO fighting and the appearance of Kevin Nash, this was a lot less painful than it had the potential to be. Raw ends this week with The Rock vs Stone Cold Steve Austin, what a treat. On Nitro it's Chris Benoit vs Bret Hart plus Goldberg vs Bam Bam Bigelow. Quick spoiler, the Goldberg match doesn't happen so don't get your hopes up. Benoit goes on offense right away and Bret takes a few of those knife edge chops that he really didn't like taking apparently. Chris performs a snap suplex, Benoit stays on the hitman with strikes and headbutts, Bret gets launched into the corner and he takes another chop seeing as he enjoys them so much. Bret hasn't had any offense at all as Benoit drops him with a back suplex, but the hitman finally fights back with a rake to the eyes before delivering a headbutt to Benoit's midsection. Bret then stomps on Chris's chest, he lifts Benoit up just to put him back down again with a headbutt. Brett performs his backbreaker before dropping an elbow from the second rope, but Benoit kicks out at two. Brett chokes Chris at the bottom rope as the commentators talk about this scheduled Goldberg vs Bigelow match. The commentators remind everyone that Bam Bam has not signed a WCW contract as Brett continues to pressure Benoit in the corner. And Benoit is able to get a break when Brett goes for an aerial attack and Chris counters with a superplex. Chris then signals for the headbutt, he goes upstairs and he lands his signature move, but Brett kicks out at two. It takes more than that to keep his excellency down. The match ends when Brett gets sent out of the ring and he decides to grab a steel chair. Unfortunately for Brett, it ends up getting punched in his face back inside the ropes, and it looks like Brett's just about to get a taste of his own medicine. But Mickey J stops Chris from swinging the chair and Brett performs a low blow. Brett then takes the chair, he starts hitting Benoit over and over again, and the referee calls for the bell. Brett's targeting Benoit's previously injured arm and it's not looking good for Chris right now. But Dean Malenko runs down for the save and Brett gets kicked out of the ring. 
Brett walks away, Dean tends to Chris, and Brett then runs back to the ring to dish out even more punishment. This horseman faction isn't looking too good right now, is it? Fortunately for Dino Machino, Diamond Dallas Page returns to Nitro. The crowd goes nuts as Brett gets sent out of the ring. The US champ then sends Brett into the ring steps, and Brett ends up running away. The hitman's gonna wait until Sunday. DDP says Brett wanted the US belt, Dallas has it right here, but Brett still walks away in hopes of winning it this Sunday on pay per view. DDP then says he puts Brett on the same level as Hollywood scum Hogan and Randy Macho scum Savage. They're all scum. DDP loves the word scum. Last week, Brett the hit scum Hart wanted the belt handed to him, and DDP tells Brett to come get it. The bottom line is DDP's back, he's jacked, he's ready to face Brett this week. Come get some! After a commercial break, Bam Bam Bigelow walks down to the ring. We then watch the usual Goldberg entrance, but Bam Bam attacks on the entranceway and the match doesn't make it to the ring. The two trade shots, but neither man gets the upper hand, and it ends with security pulling both guys apart again. Nitro runs out of time, so the show's over, and congratulations, you just got hit with the old WCW bait and switch. Fantastic. The corporation, including new recruit Ken Shamrock, make their way to the ring before our WWF main event. Vince says he's not at all happy about this situation, and he resents Stone Cold for stooping so low as to associate himself with quote unquote legal eagles. As far as Vince was concerned, last night was Austin's last opportunity of being WWF champion, but tonight is absolutely definitely it. This is Austin's final chance to win the WWF title, according to Mr. McMahon. He then introduces The Rock as the fans let the new WWF champion know exactly what they think of him. His challenger makes his way down the ramp to a typically raucous ovation and the raw main event is underway as Austin goes straight for the corporate champ. Rocky bails up the aisle after Austin's early flurry, but Austin meets him with a massive clothesline on the ramp. Back in the ring, Austin drops his signature elbow for a two count, followed by the same move but from Brett's rope. This crowd in Lexington is absolutely jacked for this main event, as Diamond Dallas Page would say. A swinging neckbreaker and a clothesline puts the champ in control before the two men head to the outside, and Austin gets clotheslined over the barricade and into the audience. Austin throws Rocky back to ringside but gets prevented from using a chair and now the champ's back on top. Austin gets choked with a cable at the Spanish announce table as the crowd scream his name. Stone Cold gets a second wind, but his momentum's quickly stopped after the Rock counters a pile driver on the floor with a backdrop. Back inside, The Rock hits a body slam and he sets up for the newly christened corporate elbow. He mocks Austin before dropping the elbow into the chest of the rattlesnake before applying an even more devastating chin lock. Austin fights out before taking a clothesline just as Mankind begins making his way down the ringside. He wants to get at Vince after what happened last night, but he gets double teamed by the boss man and Kenny Boy Shamrock. While all this is happening on the outside, Austin and Rock exchange right hands before Austin looks to hit a stunner. Rock counters and he sets up for a rock bottom, but Austin fights his way out and he's eventually able to hit that stunner. Hebner goes down to make the three count, but Shamrock pulls him out before he can do so. Man, this match has been non-stop as The Undertaker's now showing up with his shovel. He cracks Austin with the weapon and the ref calls for the bell, yet another DQ on Monday Night Raw. Taker wants to land a kill shot, but Paul Bear stops him from doing so and the two leave back up the ramp. What a way to end this week's episode of Raw though, it was a very exhilarating main event. Honestly, when you think about it, the DQ was the obvious outcome for this one going in, but the crowd made it good and they were on their feet every step of the way. It seems like The Undertaker hasn't forgotten what Austin did at Judgment Day, and it looks like the Prince of Darkness is going to be the next roadblock in the path of the Rattlesnake.
Raw wins Reliving the War this week, and it's not because Nitro was necessarily bad. WCW had a great opener with Hoovy vs Kidman, and the Saturn vs Conan and Eddie vs Mysterio matches weren't bad either, but Raw felt like a must-see show after what happened at Survivor Series and the WWF delivered. I didn't like the Road Warrior Hawk stuff, that dragged Raw way, way down in the second hour, but Rock vs Austin helped the WWF bounce back, and once again, the storyline developments were on point this week for WWF. They've been killing it recently in that regard. Raw's now on 77 points, Nitro's on 65, and we've got 18 ties on the board. In the TV ratings, Raw won with a huge 5.5 rating, while Nitro scored a 4.3. A great night for pro wrestling all around, no matter what show you watched. World War 3 is our next pay per view, and it's going to get covered later this week on the channel. Make sure you come over on Sunday, and we'll see who wins the big 60 man battle royal, and we'll see if His Excellency can win back the US Championship. Thank you for watching as always, I hope you enjoyed this one guys, and please take care.